Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord of hosts. Bless, O Lord, the reading of the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Our Lord, God, and Savior, and King of us all, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, to Him be the glory forever. Amen. But when the Helper comes, who I am, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, He will testify of me. And you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. These things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think he offers God service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you that when the time comes you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning, because I was with you. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asks me where are you going, but because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you, all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Christ is risen, truly He is risen. Today we celebrate uh, the great feast of Pentecost. And the feast of Pentecost actually is originally an Old Testament feast. It was observed by the Jews. Uh, it's still observed by the Jews. It's a feast day called like Pentecost or the Feast of Weeks or the Feast of the Harvest. And many of the Jews in the Jewish tradition 
they, they consider the Feast of Pentecost the day that Moses received the law on Mount Sinai. Uh, and so they calculate that as 50 days after uh, the Exodus. For us as Orthodox Christians, Pentecost refers to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the early church in Jerusalem as recorded in the book of Acts chapter 2 that we read uh, this morning a little bit earlier. Pentecost was uh, an experience. It was an experience of every child of God and it was uh, an, an experience that every child of God can have according to St. Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost. It says, For the promise is to you and your children and to all who are afar off as many as the Lord our God will call. To better understand what the Feast of Pentecost really means for us, it's good for us to meditate or contemplate on what is the Holy Spirit, the, what are some functions of the Holy Spirit that He does for us in our lives. The first work of the Holy Spirit that I wanted to mention is that of the convictor, person who convicts us. Our Lord Jesus Christ, He tells His disciples in the Gospel of St. John, Nevertheless, I tell you, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So in accomplishing this work, the Holy Spirit comes into the individual and begins to convict the individual of sin. You know when we talk about, for example, we talk about sometimes the Holy Spirit being quenched within us. This is sort of the opposite of what we mean. That His voice is no longer convicting. He stops convicting us because we shun Him. Sins that may have seemed impossible for us to fall into all of a sudden become sort of routine parts of our life when we quench the Holy Spirit. But ultimately, if we are allowing the Holy Spirit to work and to function as He is intending to function in our lives, He convicts us of sin. He moves us and, and pushes us towards repentance. This is one very important function of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The second function of the Holy Spirit is that He dwells within us. In this capacity dwelling in us, He performs several functions. One is that He confirms our relationship to the Father. He confirms our relationship to the Father. What do I mean? In Galatians, St. Paul says, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. So the proof that we are sons and daughters of God is the Holy Spirit that dwells in us, that allows us to call God Father. It's a very important function of the Holy Spirit. That He brings us close to the Trinity, by dwelling within us, allowing us to call God Father. Another function of the Holy Spirit is the sealing of the believer. In Ephesians, St. Paul says, In Him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. This third work of the Holy Spirit, the sealing of the believers, is what the Feast of Pentecost is really uh, focusing on. You see in the book of Acts, the power that was manifested on the Feast of Pentecost that came as the result of the Holy Spirit coming and sealing the apostles and upon the early church. He gave them, He gave the apostles, He gave the early disciples 
courage and strength and gifts to preach Christianity to the nations. You know, Pentecost was not just this sudden thing that happened. There was a, a number of things. First of all, Pentecost was prophesied in the Old Testament. St. Peter in his sermon in the book of Acts that we read, he mentions this. He mentions the uh, very famous verse from uh, the prophet Joel. He says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So St. Peter, on this day, the day of Pentecost, he is declaring that the events of these, this day is a fulfillment or is in fulfillment of the prophecy that was said by Joel more than 800 years before that. So Pentecost was prophesied. More than that, Pentecost was also promised. Our Lord Jesus Christ, He says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And even in the book of Acts, in the beginning of the book of Acts, he says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, to all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So Christ promises that the disciples are going to receive power from the Holy Spirit. And then today on the Feast of Pentecost, we see the feast itself and the gift of the Holy Spirit experienced. They're in the upper room, about 120 of them, and they're all in one accord, and they feel a rushing, mighty wind go into the place. It should be no surprise, by the way, that the, that wind is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. If you remember our Lord Jesus Christ when He's speaking to Nicodemus in chapter 3 of the Gospel of St. John, He says, Unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do, mar do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. This is the important part. He says, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it. You cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So it's a common uh, symbol of the Holy Spirit, wind. Wind is a common symbol of the Holy Spirit. And then we continue, it says, When they saw, they saw like tongues spreading like, out like fire, and each one sat on, one, on, on each of them. Again, you shouldn't be surprised that fire is used as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. To confirm that, we can see the words of St. John the Baptist in the Gospel of St. Matthew. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So the two symbols that we see here of the Holy Spirit, wind and fire. And then the Holy Spirit came and was on them as uh, tongues of fire. And it says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. By the way, the scripture makes it very clear that they're not speaking in sort of unknown languages that nobody understands. The disciples spoke in languages that were unknown to them, but known to the people who hear. That's why if you read the book of Acts, it says, names off all of the countries from the people that were there. So those who heard, heard what, what, what in their language was being, was being said. That's why it says, look, are not all these who speak Galileans, and how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? And then it, it sort of lists off a bunch, of, uh, a bunch of countries. And then others, people mocked them and said they were full of wine. And St. Peter gave a, a, a wonderful sermon to the multitude and asking them all to repent and for all of them to be baptized. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, he says, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise, like I said before, is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. 
And that day, 3,000 souls uh, were added to the number of Christians. The important thing for us then is that there is the power of a personal Pentecost available throughout the church age and throughout each for all of us and for all of us even today. Our Lord Jesus Christ says that, you know, you might say, okay, how? How can I have the power of the Holy Spirit? I was baptized and I had the sealing of the Holy Myrun and I have the Spirit, Holy Spirit dwelling in me. But I, maybe I don't feel the Holy Spirit working in me. I don't hear His voice. Uh, I don't feel Him uh, giving me strength against temptation. I don't feel Him uh, directing my paths, directing my steps. What do I do? Our Lord Jesus Christ, He said something to answer to this question. He says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, who will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, who will give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So for us to experience a renewal, you know, we prayed many times in the liturgy today, if you were paying uh, attention, to ask God to renew His Holy Spirit within us. This is a prayer that we should ask, especially now during, on the Feast of Pentecost and during the Apostles' Fast, which we're about to begin tomorrow. We ask for God for this, for this anointing, for this renewal of the Holy Spirit within us until the fullness of coming. You know, this anointing or this fullness of the Holy Spirit is not like an emotional toy to make us feel good, to help us feel like, okay, I, I feel good about uh, my life or myself. If you paid attention to the Pauline epistle, I talked a lot about the Holy Spirit in uh, reference to gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit were given for a certain purpose. And that purpose was the edification and the, the building up of the church. The building up of one another. Okay, So when I ask for the Holy Spirit to be renewed in me, when I ask Him to be strengthened in me, be aware, be understanding that I'm asking God to increase the, the, my relationship with the Holy Spirit in order to serve others. In order to further his kingdom in order to preach his word to those who do not know him. On the Feast of Pentecost, there were 120 disciples who were baptized with the Holy Spirit. And they proclaimed the gospel uh, in languages that they didn't know for themselves, but were known and comprehended by the multitude. And they read, that represents every nation on the earth. So we need to ask God to renew the Holy Spirit within us. But not only for our personal salvation, although yes, this is very important, but for the salvation of every single person in the world, every country, every nation, every person who knows God, the people who do not know God, to equip myself in order to serve those around me, to serve my church, to serve those in need, to serve the lost sheep. May God renew His Holy Spirit within us, and glory be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Yeah.